This is the Brewery Ministries podcast, and I'm sitting here with Heath. We are, uh, I don't know, 10 feet or more apart, so we're doing the whole social distance thing because we're in the uh, the coronavirus quarantine. Yep. We're nearing the end of the quarantine, we think, hopefully. Uh, so I hope you're all hanging in there. It's really weird. How are you feeling about this whole thing? Well, I'm working remotely, and I have a corner office with Windows. That's the best part. By a corner office, you mean you're at home. <laughs> I'm at home in my, you know, like little 10 by 6 office. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I get to watch the birds, and that's the best part. I can watch outside, and I don't know, there's something calming about being able to just look out a window. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad I still get to go to work, because I think I'd have real cabin fever if I didn't. Yeah, I miss my coworkers, though. Hopefully I'll get a return in, you know, just a short while. But I'm going to take this time to, to really relax while I'm at home. Plus, I've got to study a lot more, too, because I don't go anywhere after work either. So I'm thankful I actually do get to work. I'm usually either reading or doing online coursework for data science. So that's pretty cool. What are you doing? I am writing and recording some acoustic music, which I haven't really done much of before. More of an electric guitar guy. So that's kind of been my, my uh, hobby during this, uh, the extra time at home. Do you do shredding on your acoustic yet? Are you, are you up to that level yet? I am trying to push it and make some more cinematic type of stuff. Bring some of my metal influence to my acoustic music. It's funny but awesome at the same time. I like a good acoustic set. I mean, I've seen you play at the bars around town, especially Kirby's. When they have a good audience, you can really get in it. That place is fun. That place is a lot of fun. My favorite song of yours is probably the uh, Manipulative Shards. Manipulative shards of evil. I don't know if I was allowed to say that. Is that released to the public yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. I handed it out on a CD when I was 16, so. (laughs) All right, uh, today's topic. Are you ready? I hope. It is, are science and the Bible compatible? Ooh, that's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, so there's a lot of different views on this. There's a lot of confusing stories in the Bible that seem outrageous and maybe unusual, crazy, supernatural, things like that. So it's a really good topic to dive into because, I mean, since the Bible has such uh, unusual stories in it, then you've got to decide if you can trust it or not. Is it too outrageous? Is it in opposition of science? So there, there's a lot of different views here to explore. So what we want to do is we want to take a look at the different perspectives the first one we're going to look at is the perspective that the Bible is scientifically inaccurate. Totally or partially? Well, um, it seems like when people speak about it, they generalize. But they go all one way or the other? I, th- I think we know that there is a lot of history in it. There are a lot of facts, so I don't know if they really believe the whole thing is inaccurate or if they just believe that, well, it contains some crazy supernatural stuff that doesn't seem very scientific and therefore it's hard to trust the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I could see that as being a something I would reasonably think coming at this from for the first time. I mean it's almost like you're part of it is you're reading like the Iliad. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of ancient writing that is mythical or legendary and so I can see why people would equate it with something like that. Some of the imagery that you see, like, you know, the chariot in the sky or something. Like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. is that is that a real thing or is that just, you know, figurative imagery? I think we're lucky that the Bible has a ton of information about the major claims, like the big story, like Jesus 
coming back from the dead on Easter. There's a ton of information there. But there is some other stuff where there's like a couple lines about something very unusual and mysterious that happened. And it is hard to to decide. There's a few of those. Yeah. So I thought, well, if we're going to talk about this, I think one thing we should do that I think there's a lot of confusion over what science is, the definition of science, what's included in that. So I think we should talk about what is science and what are its limitations. I was actually thinking that. Also, you know, what is what is compatibility? Like, how, how would you define compatibility in your terms? Yeah, if, if I were trying to figure out, can I trust the Bible? I would want to know that it is accurate. Everything in there is pretty darn accurate if I'm going to trust it, right? Mm-hmm. So I would hope to see science corroborate what it's saying. Like, science would be able to confirm the claims in the Bible. That's what I would be looking for. So... I don't know if you have any definitions of science. I pulled one, but I kind of think there might be some differences on the definition of science, depending on what you're looking at. I was looking at the Oxford Dictionary, and it says science is the study of the physical and natural world through observation. Okay. Does that include stuff like psychology, which is almost natural, but you can't like empirically test it? Well, I mean, I guess you could with brainwaves. But some of the stuff like that, you know, or the theoretical stuff. Well, that's a huge question because I was a psychology major for two years at at Purdue and uh, IUPY. And there's different views of even what psychology can tell us too, right? Because some people believe that the mind is just a physical thing. there's There's no soul. There's no spiritual component to it. And others believe that the mind is you know, a, a spiritual thing. Tied, and, to, um, tied to spiritual matters in some way? Yeah, like it's not just physical. So if you're approaching psychology, you may or may not consider it a physical science. Hmm. It's partially physical because there's the brain. I mean, the brain's like the computer of the of the human body, right? So there's always a physical component to psychology. But It's kind of dependent on what a person believes, whether or not they're looking at a spiritual component or not. I like the Oxford Dictionary. It's pretty complete, in my opinion, versus, you know, something like Webster. Okay, yeah. So I guess the question there is, um, if we are spiritual beings, if there is a spiritual component to us and we're not only a physical being, can science measure that spiritual dimension? I mean, can, can science observe the spiritual component of a human being? That's a good question. I guess you can infer things, but I don't know if you, you'd have empirical evidence for some of that. You could draw some conclusions, but it doesn't mean there is no spiritual component, right? Right. That's interesting. I mean, there's just, there's just some stuff natural that we can't explain yet. Mm-hmm. You know? That's the whole thing about science. There's stuff out there to know, and we don't know it yet. I've heard it said that the soul is immaterial. I think that's kind of like the mind is immaterial, right? I know what the word immaterial means, but I don't know. Like, can you think of another word that means immaterial? It's a non-physical thing, right? That would be your other word. Okay. (laughs) Non-physical. Not the best description, but you get the idea. Some say it's in like another dimension and you're tied to it somehow. That's interesting. That's that's some of the the new physics stuff. Okay. Multidimensionality. We may have found a limitation of science, like Mm -hmm. it can only observe the physical or piece of us. I don't know that every branch of science would agree with that, but I really don't know. I think you touched on a good point. 
because um, if, if you have multiple branches, is the Bible more focused on one than another? There's a lot of focus on the on the physical traits of like earth. There's a lot of focus on the physical, so there is that. That could be measured with science. But there's a lot of spiritual stuff too, so it's kind of a mix. The Bible's kind of a mix of spiritual and physical historical right. events. What are people trying to compare in order to find whether the Bible is true or not? Like, what do they what do they look at first? I think just in my conversations with people, and honestly, I've been a skeptic, and I really struggled in this area too. Um, it took me a long time to come around, but I struggled with the supernatural parts of the Bible. I think I've said this on the podcast before, so I'm going to try to not repeat the exact same things I've said before, but there are stories that do not look like they're compatible with science, but I think I've got a different way to look at it now. Whoa, so there's a God. thunderstorm going on right now. <laughs> so I'm thinking about this. If science is only the observation of the physical world, then doesn't that mean that just because something's a supernatural event, that doesn't mean it's unscientific, right? It's just observing what happens. So if something unusual happens, all science is is the study of that unusual event, right? Right. So like the origin of life, that is an extremely unusual event. That's basically a supernatural event, right? Well, if we look at the Bible and we see these weird things happen and we say that's not scientific, then we also have to look at the origin of life and say that's not scientific either. What we really mean is that's not something that we see happen, if ever, right? Like in our lifetime, like we've never seen life just pop out of thin air, which is what happened at some point. Unless aliens. What do you think about UFOs? <laughs> is is there evidence know. for UFOs? I haven't seen... I haven't seen anything solid that convinces me yet. I I did an in-depth investigation of the Roswell crash in oh, yeah? the 40s. And you were alive in the 40s? No, no. No, but the evidence was a mess. Like It wasn't clear-cut pointing to one conclusion. There were three or four stories coming from the direct eyewitnesses, so it was really hard to figure out what was true and what wasn't for that. Is the issue that something supernatural happened, or is it... That sometimes in these stories, it looks like the laws of physics would have had to be broken. That sounds about right. Yeah, you you, you just like can't explain it yet. Or yeah, I'm trying to think of an example, like like Moses, the Red Sea was parted by Moses, right? Well, God parted the Red Sea, used Moses to do it. Were the laws of physics really broken or did God just assert his influence or Power or something. Did he just use his mutant X-Men powers? <laughs> in which case, maybe he just, you know, put force into the Red Sea and maybe the laws of physics weren't really broken? Hmm. You're saying he called on some natural act to part the Red Sea just by, you know, chance or whatever. You, if you want to call it chance. I'm not sure if natural is the right word because God is an unusual being, you know? Is he allowed to break physics laws? Well, that's a, that's a thing. I don't know if he would have actually had to break the laws of physics to do that. Here we are trying to understand how God works. Yeah, which is an <laughs> insane task, right? Yeah, I, don't, I um, can't do it. I, I do know one thing. It's either the unusual events or, or cases where they think the way that things should work is not the way they work in these Bible stories. So people have a hard time. I decided to think of some non-biblical things that are hard to believe, right, that have happened or science says could happen, that I thought are the equivalent of a supernatural event to try to kind of level the playing field and maybe say, well, if science says this can happen, then why can't this happen in the Bible? Maybe maybe we're looking at the same thing. 
You know, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I had a high school physics teacher and he told us that there was a one in some huge, like the odds were terrible, but there was a chance that if we were to like punch a wall, that our arm would go through the wall. And he was talking about a quantum physics theory, right? So I was taught Hmm. this in school that like, if you punch the wall a trillion times, one of those times, you'll go through the wall. I, I haven't looked at it recently. I mean, that, that was 15 years ago. But huh. that is a quantum physics theory. Doesn't that sound like something supernatural? That kind of sounds like a book that I heard about recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how long this book's been out, but it's about this uh, Tibetan monk. And 800 years ago, I think, or something like that, he would teach his students. And he'd, he'd go up on this mountain or whatever it is, and you'd see his handprint in the rock. Mm-hmm. He put his hand in the rock and made it like a handprint, like you're pushing your hand in the mud. But apparently there's handprints, you know, all over the wall, which means he taught people to do it. Like, huh. is that is that a supernatural thing? I don't know. If I remembered the name of the book, I'd tell you. I can't remember. Something supernatural. Do you believe the, the punching a wall thing? Do you believe that if you punch a wall enough times, go through it? That's a good question. That would, that would lead us to the next point, you know, inaccurate science. Our conclusions that we draw with science... Can be right or wrong. We could believe a theory that is incorrect. That's possible. I'm thinking that there's a limit to what science can tell us, you know? Like if science was just observing our world and like like taking measurements and collecting data on our world, then science doesn't say that something unusual can't happen or hasn't happened, right? Science can't say nothing supernatural has it has never happened or, or will never happen, right? Um, Does the word supernatural go against science in that case? No. Like it can't happen because I don't think you say so. it can't happen? Because, because if science is just measuring what happened, then it doesn't matter if an event was an event that happens every day or if it was something that's only happened once in history. An event that... Event, an unusual event that's only happened like once in history is a supernatural event, right? So it, science... I don't think has the capability to rule out unusual or supernatural events. It can only measure them. I think science is just data. I don't think science necessarily states a definitive conclusion about things. The scientist does that. Like they look at the data and they draw a conclusion and they come up with the theory. So we have to discover what is. Yeah, the scientist interprets it. So... The scientist might interpret it wrong, but that doesn't mean there's something wrong with science. It means that that particular scientist made an incorrect assumption or made a mistake, or something, which is something that anyone can do because we're all wrong about things. Or didn't know something and it occurred later in history, you know? Right. I just right. think of modern medicine with that. You know, back in the day, you'd use a certain plant to heal, you know, an ulcer or something. Well, if you've got something more effective today, does that mean the plant is bad? No. Mm-hmm. It's just updated science, okay, so to speak. So well, if uh, I think about you know rivers stopping, well, I've heard that there are multiple ones still occurring in the in the world today where you'd have like an earthquake or something and it'd have a landslide and stop a river until the force of the river overcame the landslide and then you'd have water again. There's hundreds of those occurring on the earth today. Is that a supernatural event? I mean, you only have a couple of recorded in the Bible. Yeah. I so to know. a person reading the Bible that didn't know these were happening around the world, to them it's still supernatural. But mm-hmm. it's completely natural because you have earthquakes. So it could be it could be a different viewpoint 
a different observer. Either the stuff in the Bible happened or it didn't, but it can't be unscientific if all science is, is the observation of what happened. What about theories? What kind of theories? A, a theory is an assumption of how something is based on evidence. Well, anyway, in math, you have all these proofs. You can go back and reverse your work. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't do that with a, with a theory so much until you get overwhelming evidence and it becomes a law, like the laws of thermodynamics. I'm sure those are theories for quite a while. Okay, so we make conclusions based on overwhelming evidence, right? And that, that's how our legal system works. And most of the time, we're right. Like, like a murderer is on trial. Well, most of the time, when we put somebody away... We have overwhelming evidence that they did something, right? But we do know that occasionally the legal system makes mistakes mm-hmm. and puts somebody to death who was actually innocent. That happens, and we, we find out about it later. And there are all kinds of uh, famous situations like that, right? Well, I guess my point is, yeah, we have, we have overwhelming evidence of how things work in our universe most of the time, but... There could be a very, very small percentage of, of times where it doesn't work that way. So our theory works most of the time, but occasionally it fails. I got a good example for you. What's that? Copernicus and the orbit of the Earth orbiting around the sun rather than the sun orbiting around Earth. Oh, okay. That, to, to the church at the time, that was bad science. Mm-hmm. But now we you know, have satellite imagery. And even the ancient Mayans knew that it revolved around the sun. But is that... You know, science is inaccurate. The theory was inaccurate, but the science is separate. It's it's the conclusion that the scientist made that was incorrect. But the church said, you know, that Copernicus was spouting heresy. Actually, I don't think he... Well, even, yeah, they were wrong, too. Did he release his <laughs> books bef- bef- after he I died? I thought he hid them. I thought he hid them until he died, and then they came out, because he was afraid of being called a heretic. But somebody found out, didn't they? Cause didn't they kill him? I mean, don't quote me on that. But I'd have to look it up. I th- <laughs> to me, that's the token example of science is inaccurate. Yeah. When science yeah. just hadn't caught up, but the church hadn't caught up to science yet. Okay, so let's let's move on and briefly touch on the view that science is wrong. I've heard a lot of pastors say that mm-hmm. science is wrong. Like Is that like a blanket statement? All yeah, science like science is, is evil. A blanket a blanket generalization that science is wrong. Like if you're not using the Bible as a basis for your science, you're wrong. Well, even even beyond that, that science is so off base that it's all it's all wrong and false. Modern most modern day theories that come out, they're saying are false. Hmm. Can't be trusted. At least that's the way they speak of it. I don't know if they really think that. Like if I were to ask them, like, do you really think all science is bad? I don't know what they'd say. But I I know that they speak in a large generalization like science is bad. I'm not talking about like everyone. I'm talking about right. just a just, just a group, a subset of an arbitrary person. Yeah, a so subset of people who believe the Bible, not mm-hmm. everyone. I think they have a particular discipline in mind when they say that. Or maybe, you know, someone was talking evolution and that's on their mind. Mhm. That seems to happen a lot. Uh, what we hear is what we tend to think about. Like, if have you ever listened to a song and then you cut off your music and you still think of that song for mm-hmm. quite a while? I do that all the time. So they're afraid if you study science that it will cause you to stop believing the Bible. Do you think that's what's going on? Because I'm think wondering that's part what, of it. What is the big resistance to science? Like, why is it so scary? Like, is it an insecurity in your faith? I don't know. I mean, I. 
I mean, the, to me, it's not. But the people that I know that feel this way, they don't seem insecure. But maybe they're worried about other people who um, have more doubts. Maybe they're afraid that the science is going to scare them out of having faith. Hmm. Like it's a tool of the devil. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know if you've ever heard I've it like that. Heard that for <laughs> yes, I have. I just think that. You know, sometimes people don't look into, you know, people don't doubt their faith. I think you don't have real faith until you doubt it. Yeah, I do too. Because your your doubt gives you a chance to investigate and then right. like basically confirm or confirm what you believe or realize that you were off a little bit and then you have a chance to go find the truth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the fear there of trying to investigate. I think they're looking at people who um, go to college and... They grew up believing the Bible's true and they go to college and they get really rattled by some of their college courses and they decide that what they believed wasn't. I, th- I think that that's probably what's going on. It's a good way to look at it. I think I had a little bit of that experience too. I mean, I, I definitely had some professors that came out saying that they thought the Bible was like just ridiculous and spent a lot of time. Like yeah. I was in science courses and they spent a lot of time trying to say that you know, if you think this, it's just false. And it was kind of hard to sit in those classes because I'm thinking, <laughs> wait, am I not allowed to like make my own opinion on this? Like it, it was a very critical and harsh class. Hmm. So not everybody's like that either. Right. Yeah. And I went to Catholic college. I'm not particularly Catholic, but I went to Catholic college and it was the opposite environment. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody there had faith. And I'm like, I didn't go in with so much faith. If you can have, if you can put a you know quantifier on it, mm-hmm. I came out of some of my theology courses thinking, "What does that mean?" And I started investigating it. Huh, you know, that's cool. I don't know if you get that at Purdue or. Okay, so when I was yeah. at Purdue, I really liked the way that they approached psychology and science because they seemed to take this objective approach. If you ask me, they didn't try to tell you what your stance needed to be on something like we went through the whole nature versus nurture argument and oh, yeah? they didn't tell you what the stance is they said there's a line somewhere we don't know where it is it looks like both of these are factors and they kind of let you explore when i went to iepy some of those classes seemed to like try to to tell you what conclusion that you needed to draw from the evidence hmm. i didn't like that as much because i didn't always agree with the conclusion but basically they're giving you the science. The science is good, but then they're giving you your opinion of what you need to feel or believe about the science. Regarding people who believe the Bible's true, but that science is, is bad or, or you shouldn't study it or something, which has happened. Uh, the Catholic Church in the 80s outlawed the study of creation. That really upset Stephen Hawking. <laughs> no wonder he was having trouble with, with faith. But, Rest in um, peace. I always find that interesting when I hear people say that like science is wrong or science is bad or something because science is actually what brought me to faith. <laughs> so I think, wait, wait a second. You don't understand. Like without science, I don't know if I would believe the Bible. Like that is what caused me to finally hmm. embrace it. It was a combination of science when studying the origin of the universe and looking into the the history and whether or not what people said about Jesus was was true or could be verified. So I guess I guess it was science plus history plus archaeology plus eyewitness testimony. All of that boiled down to developing trust for me. But science to me was such a huge part of it that I just think it's so funny when I or I think it's 
is perplexing to me when I hear somebody say that science and the Bible are not compatible because I think, well, I don't know where I'd be without science. <laughs> like yeah. my faith probably wouldn't be very prominent in my life or exist. To tie up this, I guess to tie up the section, is there something something that you still don't get? You know about something that that doesn't jive with modern science that's in the that's in the Bible that you know seemingly hasn't been explained or explained to you. Maybe it has been, yeah. we just don't know it. There's stuff that I cannot explain. It just looks like it. It looks like something that doesn't happen very often. I mean, we've we've talked about origin of life, uh, creation of the universe. Um, so, what about you personally? Is there still something there you're still wondering about? I don't know. I I accept that some unusual things happened, like like Jesus coming back from the dead, that is pretty much the most non-scientific. Um, well, no, that's not true, because if science is just studying it, then you can study what happened, and you can observe what happened, right? But as far as we can tell, when we observe the world, people do not come back from the dead. And it seems to me that there's enough evidence to know that Jesus did, but it doesn't make sense in the pattern of what we usually see when people die. Does that make sense? So like, I accept that it happened, but it doesn't, it also doesn't make sense. It makes sense looking at the evidence that it happened, but I don't know how it happened. How did Jesus come back from the dead? I don't know. Like, it's obviously something that doesn't happen every day. Hmm. I have a, I have a moment that, you know, I, I can't understand. I can't for the life of me figure out how this is, you know, how this is a natural event. You remember when uh, Paul was on the Damascus road? And his eyes scaled over with something. Then he went and saw Ananias and scales fell off his eyes. What were those? Yeah, so this this guy's walking on a road. Uh, He has a vision of of Jesus after Jesus died, like two or three years after. I can't remember if it was two or three years. I can't remember. But he goes blind, and then he's, he's told to go see this guy who will restore his sight. And so he goes to this guy's house, and what do you know? You can see again. Yeah, it says scales fell off of his eyes. I have no idea. Like I've never heard of that. Like, I have scientifically, I've never heard of that. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's not out there. It means yeah, it doesn't I doesn't mean heard it's not it. a real. So to me, it's still supernatural. It could be occurring, you know, hundreds of hundreds of times around the world. I just don't know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's seven billion people in the world right now. Something's got to happen to one of them. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so we've kind of outlined why some people. Uh, believe the science is wrong. I mean, there are scientific theories that don't match up with the Bible. Like I discovered something really interesting today while I was doing research for this podcast, because a lot of people attribute the theory of evolution to the origin of life, right? They're saying um, we evolved from a single cell, uh, stuff like that, right? The thing is, like the origin of life itself, I, I looked at Berkeley's website and they had a list of misconceptions about evolution. And one of the misconceptions was that evolution is a theory about the origin of life. Well, there is no working origin of life theory. Evolution is something else. Evolution is a theory about once life started, what a lot of scientists believe happened. I think that's interesting. Okay, so we can touch on one super common point that appears to be a problem between the Bible and science, right? I would think that this is probably the core reason why people who believe the Bible sometimes say that science is wrong, right? Hmm. Has to do with the theory of evolution. If you look at Genesis chapter 2, or 1 and 2, and the order of creation, the, the order of creation is really interesting, and we do learn a lot of things that 
science discovered later that were correct there. But there's one thing that is different than maybe the, the theory of evolution. So on day five, it says God created all the animals. And then it says on day six, God created man from dust, right? Mm-hmm. So it says God created man from dust. And I mean, there's not a lot of information there, so I don't want to draw any like 100% this is the conclusion, as I don't know that we've got enough info to do that. But it reads like God created man separately from animal, right? He didn't create one cell and then they all evolved all the way up into a man. I don't necessarily dispute that that one cell may have evolved, but it doesn't seem to be saying that that cell evolved, you know, all the way into a monkey and then to a man. It looks like animals were created and then later God reached down, took some dust and said, hey, I'm going to make man. So one of the big points of contention is that the Bible seems to say God made man directly, not from a single cell and on. And evolution, evolution as a theory, it's still unproven, says that man began as a single cell and evolved all the way up to a man. I personally look at some of the fossil evidence, and I think there are quite a few scientists that see some holes in the evolutionary theory. I wish I could remember exactly which scientific board was doing this, but there's. I heard on Science News Flash that there's a large group of scientists, like a scientific board, that knows there's problems with evolution and they're trying to rethink it, but mm-hmm. they, they just haven't figured out what the updated version of the evolutionary theory is going to be. But there, there does seem to be some confusion between scientists who embrace evolution and, you know, people who believe the Bible who do not embrace evolution. There's, there's a little bit of a disagreement there. They view science as incompatible. I don't necessarily know that science is the problem. It, it might be the conclusion that we've drawn. What like do you the, think? Like the theory needs reworked so to speak. Yeah, but I, th- I think there's a lot of scientists who don't believe in the Bible who think that too. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a new thing. Then you get to micro and macro evolution, but you're talking about the yeah. origin of life, Yeah, which is the misconception, right? Not the origin of life. That's abiogenesis, which that theory got thrown out. So now there is no theory of, there is that's no right. accepted theory of the origin of life. Nobody can figure out how that happened. I guess we talked about the the big point of contention. I guess... I would say if you're trying to figure out if science is right or wrong, you know, it's probably going to have a lot of things right. It's probably going to have a few things wrong, but there are lots of different views on what science says, like what the data says. There are different interpretations. So just because you're having trouble with evolution, like don't throw out all of science or something. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always hated that phrase. (laughs) It's true. Our theories from science are just humans trying to trying to come up with theories, and we know humans make mistakes, so it makes sense to know that there might be some mistakes in our scientific community. That's probably to be expected, so I don't think there's anything wrong with science. If you've ever read scientific journals, sometimes you'll get, you'll get this journal piece that comes out, and then you'll get a guy that comes out and rebuts that. Yeah. And then you'll get another guy that rebuts the rebuttal, you know? Yes. So what I wanted to say there to people who are trying to sort that out is like, just because somebody tells you that the Bible is not compatible with science, explore some alternative opinions because there might be some other people who can fit more of the pieces together for you or something. Even if, you know, in some areas it's not compatible with 
or we think it's not compatible with science because of how it's worded or something. The Bible is more of a spiritual book about the salvation of man yeah. than, you know, this is how the world works on a scientific level. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it has, it has some scientific matter to it, and in fact, a lot of scientific matter to it, but it has even more spiritual matter to it. Yeah. You know, what the, what the condition, it's a book about the condition of man and the revival of human after this world is done, because, you know, death is assured for all of us. What happens after? Science can't explain that mm-hmm. yet. So are you are you saying that uh, going to the Bible for scientific answers might be kind of like going to an English book for scientific answers? Like, yeah, there might be some science in there, but it's not a science book, so you can't necessarily expect it to give you a bunch of quantum physics theories or something. Right. Like you're, you're using the Bible, you know, the Bible's intended purpose is for you to find out about your condition as a human. Probably, probably uh, your history, because there is a lot of history right. in there. A lot of genealogies and stuff, too. But to me, you know, the Bible isn't, you know, a physics textbook. Mm-hmm. I guess you gotta, you gotta look at it, you know, the proper way. It's a, it's a book about the spiritual condition. Yeah, I guess you can't take your... Redemption your, of man. You can't take a manual that tells you how to operate your computer and then take that same manual and try to use it to operate your smart TV. Right. Right. So it has to be applied for the intention that it was written for. Otherwise, you might come away confused thinking, there's something wrong with this manual. It's not working. That's right. That's a good way to look at it. Huh. Well, um, why don't we touch on the, the last point, the view that the Bible and science can be compatible. What do you think about that? I think where the, where the Bible mentions you know, scientific principles, certainly you can investigate them. Most of them have been found true or true in some way. And, you know, some people have falsified them in others. But, you know, what conclusion can you draw from that? Take take both and look at it and draw a conclusion from it. The, the Bible is about, you know, you being saved from the fall of man. If you take science and try to explain away the fall of man, I don't think you can do it because you're using the wrong manual. I think the way I think about it is if we're looking at a scientific theory and that, that science, our conclusion about the data is accurate, then it'll match what's in the Bible. And then if that's the case, then of course the science and the Bible are going to say the same thing, right? If if we're wrong about something we believe about the Bible, or we're wrong about something we believe about science, we're going to have trouble fitting them together. Right, that would take a little more looking into. Yeah, we could really be wrong about something on in either the Bible or what we believe science has discovered. We could be wrong about something on either side. And in that case, yeah, like you said, we just have to continue our investigation. This is kind of in opposition of point number two, or, or, or view number two. When we were looking at people who who believe, like, you can only look at the Bible to interpret the world, this, this view is kind of in opposition of that. Um, hmm. But I always liked what J. Warner Wallace said, uh, the guy that wrote God's Crime Scene and uh, Cold Case Christianity. What he said was, according to the Bible, you should actually be able to look at the world to understand the Bible, or you should be able to look at the Bible to understand the world. Because, like, let's say say God made everything, right? Well, if that's true, then when we look at the world, it, it should just reflect the event of God making everything, right? It should We should just be observing what he did, so I think we could look at the world and be like, wow, this is a really complicated place. That could tell us something about God. And we could look at the Bible to understand more of the story. So we get half of the picture by 
observing the world and how it works, and then we can get the other half of the picture by looking at the Bible, and that kind of fills in the holes, if you ask me. It's like if you wrote two books, they would jive, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. So a practical example is the, the origin of life theory got dropped because they decided abiogenesis just didn't work, right? So they have no replacement theory about how life got here. Well, if we look at the Bible, we could we could fill that in. That could complete the story of how we got here. It'd be like you making a guitar and then writing a book on how to play it. Huh. I don't know. I just thought of that because, you know, you play guitar. Yeah. Okay, so you find a guitar in the woods, but you've never seen a guitar before and you don't know how to play it. And you're trying to figure it out. And then, like, the Bible is the equivalent of a book on how to play guitar, right? So then if you come across this book, then it will it'll fill in the holes of how to play this instrument. That's a, that's a good, what is that, an anecdote? Analogy. I'm losing my terms here. I've become a master of Microsoft acronyms, but, you know, some of these terms I get lost on. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I've got. On this topic, I don't know about you. Do you have anything else? I've got a tip if you're investigating some of this stuff. If you see an inconsistency, you know, between the Bible and science, investigate it for yourself. Find more, find more on it, and then you know, draw that conclusion yourself. Uh, yeah. No one's gonna. Well, we aren't going to judge you for having a different opinion. So you know, whether you think the Earth is old or young, I'm not gonna judge you on that. To me, that doesn't. That doesn't. You know, that's not essential. Some people say it is. I say it's not essential for, you know, your your redemption. Like, what does it matter? I wasn't around then. Some of the minute details, I guess you call it a secondary secondary doctrine or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. I'd say investigate it. You know, that's what the rest of us do. If you doubt it, go and look at it. Erase that doubt. Yeah. I guess what I would want to say is if you're looking at science, you're going to find scientists. If you look long enough, you're going to find scientists who do believe the supernatural events in the Bible are possible, and you're going to find some that do not. You're going to find some biologists who believe in evolution. You're going to find... I I actually know of some biologists who don't believe in evolution, and they're super smart. Can't believe it, you know? But I don't know if it's like stereotyping that's done it or what, but we get this idea that like all scientists believe the Bible is false or something, right? Well, I don't actually think that's true. I think there's like a lot of subcategories and subgroups of scientists who have faith, who don't have faith, um, who have faith and think the earth is old, who have faith and think the earth is young. There's all these different groups. So I guess my point is, if you're if you're investigating this and you're having trouble, like, oh, the Bible doesn't seem to jive with science, well, you don't have to stop at the first scientist's opinion that you find. There are more views, and it would be good to take a look at all of them and then evaluate which one seems to, to fit the best. It's like using a Google search and only clicking on the first link. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good analogy. But then you scroll all the way to the, down to the bottom and you see the G-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O and you go to the 10th page yeah. just to find a different opinion. I've got another good example. You were mentioning about all these scientists that, you know, some do, some don't believe, you know, whatever. And I just thought of all this, you know, all the active scientists and past and the future ones. All of them have something in common. A lot of study. Yeah, they're all smart. All well, some of them are. Eh, well, I don't know. I wouldn't call them dumb. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to call them smart, but they all put in a lot of effort into whatever discipline they're going into. They all put in a lot of effort. Just think of when you started playing guitar. You really sucked at it, probably. But it <laughs> took you know years. You've got I don't know how many years you've been playing guitar. 
you, I mean, you're probably not the 21. number one in the world, but yeah. you're probably not the worst. You know, I mean, you're certainly better than I am. I hope I'm not the worst. <laughs> you know, uh, to investigate some of this stuff, it requires effort. Oh yeah, effort, time, and if you don't put in the effort and time, you're not gonna you're not gonna reach the level of understanding that you want. Mm-hmm. College to me is all about learning. You go there and you put in a lot of effort to understand the field that you want to go into, so that you can understand it better. Mm-hmm. To me, the Bible is the same way. Bible and science. I mean, I have a bachelor of science in IT still, but you know that required a lot of study, and you know I had almost 10 years under my belt of just being an IT. I know a lot more now than I did 10 years ago. So it's it's the same with studying science and the Bible. Eventually you'll get to the level of understanding that you want to reach. And then you'll and then you'll say, "Well, I don't, I really don't know anything." So cuz the more you know, the less you feel you know. Yeah, that's happening to me. <laughs> so Although but I definitely think they're compatible. I know enough to develop trust in the Bible, but I I am learning a lot about life and the things that I thought I knew that I don't, but that's not undermining my faith any. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah. That kind of goes against, you know, what you were talking about. Science is bad <laughs> or science isn't worth studying. I guess you could say we both blatantly disagree. I, th- I think science is awesome. It's just, it's possible to follow the wrong conclusion and then get yourself confused. Or it's possible to, you know, ignore some really important data that would block you from fully understanding everything. Like, if we are truly spiritual beings, like if, if, we're, if we're part physical and part spiritual, but you only believe in the physical, and so you'll only look at data of the physical, and you'll ignore conclusions to the spiritual, well, if it turns out that we are spiritual beings, you're probably never going to get to that conclusion if, if like that's something that you will not let yourself consider. It's eliminating a conclusion before looking at the evidence is what it is. So it's... There's we all, we a, all have biases. I don't remember what it is. It makes your work be in vain. Presupposition. There you go. That's what it is. Well, yeah. we all have presuppositions. I think half of them we don't even know that we have. So that's scary. So I have a question for the scientists to do this. Hmm? If they exclude, and I'll make this my last point, if they exclude one conclusion, what's to say all the other conclusions are wrong? They can mess or, you up. Or right, for that matter. Yeah. Like, how would you know if you don't consider all of your options? I view our beliefs as a pyramid, right? Like the food pyramid, you know, there's something at the bottom that's important. I don't know what it is to me. It should be meat. <laughs> but <laughs> but you build all your beliefs off of whatever is your base view of the world, right? So if you've got something that's incorrect in the bottom of your world pyramid and all your other beliefs are built off of that, it's going to mess you up. Now, if you got something... Right at the bottom and wrong at the top, you know, it's not going to have as big of an impact. There's still something maybe that you believe that might be incorrect. We all actually have those things, I think. But the thing that you want to be most concerned with is what is in the base of my pyramid? Is that correct or not? If that's wrong, then we're in big trouble, right? (laughs) It doesn't have to be perfect, you know, for the base. I mean, it'll make everything that stands on that base a little more shaky. Mm Mm-hmm. But you you know you can reinforce that base with better stuff. It's like a Jenga game and reinserting the block in the bottom part. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't I'm think, sure that's illegal, but I don't think anyone. I don't think it's possible to have a perfect worldview pyramid because I think that would go against being a human. <laughs> that would make us all yeah. knowing, and then that would make us God. Right? There you go. <laughs> so it's safe to say the Bible and science are compatible at least to some extent. Yeah, we think so. At least as far as we know it currently. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, it's been a good chat. I enjoyed. Yeah. 
I enjoyed being 10 feet away from you. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully we'll all be through this whole thing soon. So Yeah. Everybody take care. See you on the other side of quarantine. Bye. Bye. Bye.